Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You can text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. And I'm going to get to a couple uh, texts here before we bring Mark Spector in. This first text on our Ashley Fine Floors text line says, Bob, Ridley Greg would be an awesome pick. We are season ticket holders in Brandon, and Greg is fun to watch. Uh, that's from the Big Rig Butcher from Brandon, Manitoba. Love the show. Go Oilers. Um, well, again, it's my belief Ridley Gregg is a riser. Seth Jarvis are risers. Both smaller, highly competitive players. This text comes in saying, Bob, the draft hasn't started yet. I don't like, I don't know why you like Gooley so much, by the way. His point per game is right where Griffin Reinhardt was in his draft year. No need to take three defensemen in three years in a row when we need a winger. Also, I would take Reichel if both are gone, referring to uh, Jack Quinn and Seth Jarvis. So again, it's my belief Seth Jarvis has moved way up. I think Think Quinn's going to be gone in the top 12 as well. Uh, Ridley Gregg, many would say you can't take him at 14. I think there's more openness to smaller players perhaps this year than ever before, the way the league's moved. But does that mean, does that preclude you from looking at a defenseman uh, that, frankly, in other years might have been a top 10 pick? Like, maybe you have to stop. Like, everyone's going now. Oh, well, Braden Point. So let's go find the next small guy that can play. I have all the time in the world for small players. I'm the guy that wanted the orders to take Gallagher, uh, to take Dorset, to take Derek uh, Ryan, smaller guy, to sign him earlier than he, uh, he was signed. But I'm wondering whether or not now we've, we, we we go a different direction. Let's not forget there's decent six foot two left shot defenseman sitting there. You can never have enough D. That's us, Mark Spector. Mark, we know the Oilers are short on forward prospects. Could they theoretically take a defenseman at 14? Well, theoretically, Bob, for sure. You know, um, these guys are assets, right? You know, there's nothing like all these. So let's say you have you have Broberg and you have Bouchard and you have Sam Rukov. And let's say you drop Gooley and you got four guys coming up. Well, either A, they turn into your top four D-men and you're a good team, or B, they're assets. And you turn one of them into an established forward. So 
you know, two things are going on here, Bob. When 14 rolls around, it's true what they say, even though it's a cliche. You draft the best player available. But one, right. of the reasons you, one of the reasons you draft the best player available is so that you have the best asset available. So if he doesn't play for you, he's a great asset to move somewhere else. You know, these guys are... They're not just players for you in the future. They're also assets for you in the future. So so here's the wonderful thing about, you know, fans of this market. They do know hockey. Uh, and and they get, the, you know what, they're on it, man. You know that. I know that. Uh, and, but, but you know what, sometimes... Fans are wrong too, and I don't. I don't know how many times. Uh, and there'll be people. Fans are never wrong. No, actually, some like when it comes to drafts, sometimes we're all run, wrong. And I'm gonna get, 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 gonna give you an example, Mark. Do you know whose birthday it is today? Whose? Neil Yakupov's birthday. Okay, so here we go. 2010, it was the the Taylor versus Tyler thing. They're both pretty good players. Taylor Hall, and we're going to talk about him later on in the show today, he did win a Hart Trophy. He's a pretty good player. 2011, you know, Nugent Hopkins. And when I go back to that 2010 draft, like it was probably 60-40 for Taylor Hall, especially after Windsor won the uh, uh, Memorial Cup for the second time. And he was the, I mean, if you're an MVP, in the memorial, the only two-time MVP in the Memorial Cup, you probably are a guy that knows how to win. And you know, uh, and then in 2011, I would say Nugent Hopkins probably had about 60% of the popular vote. There were some people that thought the Oilers should take Adam Larson in 2011. There were certainly some people that thought they should take Landeskog. Now, Nugent being a center helped him. In 2012, Mark, it was like. 80 to 20 for the fans. Yakupov versus the field. No, there was not a lot of interest in Ryan Murray. Right. Uh, you know, Galchenyuk, and I know uh, Jason Gregor's mentioned that, you know, Galchenyuk was his guy. Okay. I mean, he only played a couple games that year. Morgan Riley was hurt that year. Reinhardt went for the Islanders, never even interviewed him. Like, there was overwhelming support in this community for the Yakupov pick. And here we are, today's his birthday, and he's not even in the National Hockey League. So you can miss on guys, and sometimes the fans know their stuff. Hey, you were at the draft in 95. Don't, 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 don't. And the, and the Oilers took Steve Kelly. I'm just saying, how do you really, like, I had a pretty good feel on Dreisaitl. I didn't think Dreisaitl would win the Hart Trophy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ne- never totally know. And so we're getting some texts here saying, well, they shouldn't take Caden Dooley. How many fans have actually seen him? Uh, well, listen, this is, this is the whole thing about draft day. You know, it becomes a, uh, like, there are guys out there who have seen him. Right, and I know you keep a lot closer eye on prospects of junior hockey ball even than I do. You won't hear me come on your show and pretend like I've watched all these guys play a bunch because I haven't. Right, you know, so it's just the way it is. There's guys out. I'm I'm covering NHL hockey, and I've been pretty busy the last few months here. Uh, there's other guys that they cover junior hockey and they cover prospects, and that's their job. So I I listen to the daubers of the world, and and uh, you know. Sam Cosentino and those guys, because sure. they're talking about Craig Button. But Craig Button every day. So, but you know, there are just some drafts where everybody, where the the players just aren't there. The the you know, let's talk about forget about the the fans. Let's talk about the thirty scouting staffs in the Akapov draft. You know, twenty of those scouting staffs had they had the first overall pick in this league in the NHL, which is the amateur scouts and the GMs and the head scouts, they would have taken Yakupov. 
probably seven of the other remaining ten would have taken Murray. And the yep. last three might have taken Galchenyuk. And now let's look at those players. You know, Murray would be probably the best player of the group. He's a second-pairing defenseman who's been hurt a ton. Galchenyuk, eh, he's, all, he's an okay player. The Oilers can get him. They can get him in free agency for two million bucks in the offseason because that's all he's going to get. He's not that great a player, and he's certainly not a top three. Reinhardt was a bust, and Yakupov was a bust. So it was just one of those years. You're better off having the seventh pick. I think it was was it Riley six and Lindholm seven that year. Uh, Riley went fifth. Lindholm went sixth. Dumba went seventh. Right. So those three guys are better than any of the guys in the top. There was there, there was another bust too. Derek Pouliot went eighth. He was a bust right. in that year's he draft. Wasn't very good either. So it happens. Sometimes you're lucky to you know the Oilers are lucky to have the dry saddle pick. Right. They're lucky to be picking third. This you is know? how. Here, here's an illustration, Mark. My understanding was Buffalo had drafted like uh, they had five first round picks in the three previous years, and I think four or five of them were European. And they're like, we're not drafting another. I mean, I know he played the WHL, but he's a we're not drafting another European. So they took Sam Reinhardt over Leon, and I, I just remember. I was on the air hosting the show, and I'm doing fist pumps, right? Because I'm, ah, yeah, we, there, there's a second-line center that's going to play behind Nugent Hopkins. That's what I'm thinking in 2014, right? Oh, well, they got a 25-goal, 70-point guy, and the guy turns out to be an all-world player, right? So as much as I liked him, I never thought he'd be this good. Uh, and, and then when, and then conversely, when Paul Yarby fell to Edmonton at four mark in 2016, Everybody's taking him at four. Every team in the league is taking him at four. I'm watching Pete Shirelli and Brad Treliving and Yarmo Kaikalainen had met by the Oilers' uh, table about an hour before the draft. And I I got the binocs on the three of them. And Kaikalainen walks away. And Peter looks at Treliving and goes, blank. We're going to get our guys. Like, they realized, because they were talking about a three-way deal, and, you like, you realize, and I'm like, something's going on there. And then suddenly Columbus takes Dubois, and the whole building was in shock in Buffalo when Dubois went market number three and 16, and here we are five years later, and 100% Columbus made the right call. Yeah, Yarmo was dead right. You know, he's dead right. Dubois's a really good player. And here we are, you know, four years later or whatever, and, Fully Harvey's still trying to find his way in the league, and hopefully he'll be trying to find his way back onto the Orders roster. I expect, uh, frankly, I expect a, a contract announcement really any day here between the Orders and, and Fully Harvey. He's, you know, he's got no choice. His two choices are sign with Edmonton or go back to stay in Finland. Uh, and obviously he'll play in Finland yeah. until the NHL fires up here. So I would expect Bob will will have a point and it won't be f- here any minute. And it won't be for big money. Like, it'll be short of, my guess is it's, it's less than $1.25 million. This texter comes in and says, Bob, I've seen Brendan Gooley play, and he's a good defenseman, but not better than some of these forwards. Trading down for Reichel, Paterka, or Perot would be a better and more value. And we may see a trade down. That is a possibility. I will tell you, Mark, my resource base are the former Alberta Golden Bears that are coaching and managing in the Western Hockey League. And I never ask a guy if the prospect is from their team. I get somebody else's thoughts from other teams about the player on that team. And the general perception is that Gooley is a considerably better prospect than the Schneider kid that's from uh, 
that plays for the Brandon Weekings as well. But you know what? Not all the scouts feel that way. Like, I can tell you that right now. I've heard, uh, not saying Oilers scouts, but I know several of the guides have those two WHL defense. They've got, some of them got Schneider ahead of Gulley. So it's, it is a bit of a crapshoot. It's good. It's going to be fun. Uh, so that's, uh, so again, from your perspective, you would say it's not out of the realm of possibility then that if the, the forwards that the owners would be looking at were gone, that you could see them potentially taking a defenseman at 14. Yeah, I could see that, Bob. But I want to say this, too. I think that the draft never goes the way we think it's going to go. You know, remember how far, remember Bouchard, did, what did he fall to, eight? They picked Bouchard eight? Ten. Ten. Ten, excuse me. Yep. He fell to ten. He was supposed to go seven or eight. Um you know, when he fell and the orders were like, holy cow, Evan Bouchard's still here at 10. We're taking this guy. Uh, Paul Yarby fell yet fourth. Like, he's there. He wasn't supposed to be there. So I think that, you know, I respect the fact that everyone's done mock drafts and they work hard on them. And you don't, I, I'll repeat, you won't catch me telling the junior hockey experts who's better than who. But my experience at the draft tells me that it never quite goes the way the mock draft tells you it's going to go. Someone... You know, the other day, uh, the other time, Eiserman uh, picked the um, the German kid up high, right, for Tampa. Morris Sider, or, or, or with Detroit last year, Morris Sider. Yeah, Detroit, excuse me, not Tampa, excuse me, of course, Detroit, Morris Sider. So, you know, and that threw the whole thing into a flux because he was in anybody's top seven. So I think you'll see some version of that tonight. And because, in my eyes, Bob, there seems to be so many forwards you know, there's a whole group of guys that right. suffice here in Edmonton. I'm going to, you know, my money is is thinking that someone will be available when it comes to Edmonton's time to pick. They will not be out of forwards at 14. Mark, we're going to uh, talk about another option in a second. Uh, Bob, I've been hearing you say this. You draft the best player available mantra since Mac T was GM with the idea that you have an asset you can move to meet your needs. But when the when a highly drafted player doesn't work out, then it's moved on. The return tends to be a second round pick. Holland was talking yesterday about drafting based on need. I just think there's a lot of inefficiency in trying to get asset value out of the best available player if he doesn't fit your needs. Here's my comeback to that. There also needs to be something to say for continuity, right? When you go from McTavish to Shirelli to Holland over a six year window. Yep. That affects the valuation. Like when when Ken Holland came to town with Tyler Wright and Archie Henderson, they probably didn't have as good a feel on Connor Yamamoto as Keith Gretzky did. And Yamamoto probably, well, he surprised everybody with what he did last year, 26 points, 27 games plus 17. But even if he'd come up and had 10, 10, and 20 in those 27 games, that would have been a surprise. You tend, so you tend to like your own picks and prospects more, and sometimes that's why the valuations get dropped when there's a change in management. When we come back, the elephant or the Askarov in the room, can you take a goalie? in the top 15. Mark Spector for the horses and horse race in Alberta when we come back on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. 
1249 in Edmonton. We'll tell you, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live racing every Friday and Sunday evening at Century Mile. Spectator access limited by COVID restrictions. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. You just heard that return with one Oscar Clefbaum. That's part of the Oilers injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, Mark, obviously a curveball for Ken Holland to uh, deal with in free agency coming up. The fact that we're not sure, you know, Clefbaum, if he gets surgery, we're looking at nothing before, say, March, because if it's shoulder surgery, it's usually six months. Uh, maybe he's on LTIR the entire year. But the question is, a lot of question marks around that whole situation, isn't there? Oh, man, he's your best defenseman, right? He's your number one defenseman. He's fifth in the league in minutes. So, you know, think of it that way. you got to find 26 minutes somewhere, or 24 minutes. Uh, and a guy that could, you know, you, he also runs your power play. So, however you slice it, you got to find all those minutes, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, for however long Clefbaum is going to be out if he has a surgery. Uh, that player is a really expensive player, and it's difficult, you know. So how, what, what the 25-minute defenseman who run the best power play in the league get paid generally, Bob? Seven. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at guys like Shattenkirk out there who are free agents. and Except, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you know the guy I want. So, uh, right, t- Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry and, and possibly Votnin as a follow-up to Berry if that didn't work out. Shattenkirk has very, been very preferential to sort of East Coast markets. Uh, and as you know, he started off in Colorado, got moved to St. Louis in the trade that got Eric Johnson to Colorado. Uh, then he was, where he was moved to Washington. Uh, then he signs with the Rangers and now he's with Tampa Bay. And I've always been told his preference. He comes from a fair amount of money as well. His preference is the East Coast. All right. Goaltender, here we go. The Askarov in the room. This text says Askarov will be one of the best on our Ashley Pine Floors text line. One of the five best players not in the NHL over the next year or two. At 14, he would be the best asset. Uh, for the record, I believe he's going in the top 14. Okay? I think Nashville at 11 makes a lot of sense for Askarov. Speck, uh, if he's there at 14, do the Oilers consider him or goaltender is voodoo and you're not sure how they're going to pan out? Well, so that's you know what the the goal the team that drafted Vasilevsky doesn't uh, regret that at this point, right? He's a he's a pretty he was, and he's sort of not far off of this whole scenario surrounding Askarov. Tampa had the guts to make that draft pick, and uh, they're getting the dividend. So, you know, the question I have and one of the things that that we need to know is, and maybe you know more about this than me, Bob. I, I keep meaning and keep forgetting to ask uh, Ken Hall, and where is this Konovalov? What's what's his how is he projecting for the orders? Yeah, I'd have to get you know Mark to be. Well, he's had a decent start to see it, Mark. I'd have to get more information. I don't yeah. have a. I don't have a hundred percent answer for you right now. Like, like if I have him, if I like him, and his numbers. Last I checked, he only played like three games at the start of the season. He had about a nine thirty-six or something save percentage. Um, you know, I might if I'm the Oilers and I'm very happy with that draft pick. I'm looking at all these people asking if I'm taking Askarov, and I'm saying I got a guy over there. I don't need another one. I don't need two, right? And I've got my my Russian goalie that we have to wait for that's playing in the KHL. I don't need two of those guys. The other theory, just on the goaltenders, is that the market 
supersedes the amount of teams, right? It's always going to be a buyer's market for the clubs, you know, and it's not a seller's market for the agents on goalies. Uh, so, I, you know, here's the thing, Spec. You're right. They've got the Russian goaltender playing in the KHL. They've got Stuart Skinner, who they invested a third-round draft choice. They invested a late second-round draft choice in Rodrigue, who's going to play pro theoretically this season. Uh, mm-hmm. For the listeners out there, we all know Edmonton's looking for another goaltender. Free agency would be the easiest way to make that happen, uh, though you might get a better goaltender through trade. Columbus would be a team to keep an eye on. They're very deep. Mark, uh, not only are they going to get another goaltender here no matter what to, to complement Koskinen uh, and a guy who might be better than Koskinen if it's a trade, uh, depending upon how much money they move out, they're also going to sign a veteran quality American hockey. I can 100% tell you they're not going into a situation where they have as much inexperience as they had last year in the farm down in the AHL. They're going to sign a guy that's legit, and that's going to be a fairly quick announcement, like on Friday within probably four or five hours in. Like It's it's just going to happen. It has to happen. They've had enough time to look at it. They know it was a failure last year. Goaltending is a point. You make a great point. I mean, that's a good point by you. They do have a fair amount of – they're not Columbus. Like Columbus thinks they got five guys that can play. They got Corpusello and Merzlichkins. Merzlichkins represented by Jerry Johansson. Corpusello at 2.8. Merzlichkins is at 4. They've got that Kivalinks. You're the Latvian. How do you pronounce that guy's name? Something like that. Yeah. Way to bail me out. Then they've got a, <laughs> that, that, then they got a Finn. Then they got a Russian. Like, there are people in the league that think they're five goalies deep. That's a great point by you. Yeah, so, and don't forget that, you know, Rodrigue's just turning pro, right? Well, uh, and, and, you know, this was a guy, he didn't play at the World Junior. He was mostly the third goalie there. But nonetheless, in his graduating class, he was, you know, considered the third best Canadian goalie in the country. That's, that to me is a draft pick that's on, on um, schedule, right? He's on schedule to be a good goalie. Now, stuff changes, and we all know it's crapshoot and all those things, but let the kid turn pro. I mean, you've got... You got Skinner down there. He's going to be the number one. He's going to get a you know a Richard Bachman type backup this year, right, Bob? They're going to pick a cheap veteran that can help guide him along. Except bigger guy. A bigger guy, obviously. Yep, bigger guy. Yep. But that's what they'll get. And they're going to pick up someone else to go with Koskinen in here. And now you are kind of waiting. You're waiting for Konovalov to see how good he is. You're waiting for Rodrigue. And I'll tell you right now, Askarov has what? This year, next year in the KHL before he can even come over here. And then you hope that a guy, a goaltender, can come from the big ice in the KHL and what? Play in the NHL right away, or is he going to need a full year in the A, I would suspect? Well, I mean, somebody has taken the time to text us on our Ashley Five Floors text line, Mark. Reminder, Miko Koskinen had a 937 save percentage in the KHL in his last year. It's a more defensive league. Um, you don't have the same sort of frenetic activity around the goal. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and that's... I mean, you know, Mark, even with Koskinen now, the analytics guys out there would say he had a 917 last year. That's a pretty good save percentage. It's very good. Right? And so he's at least a 1B. And that's part of the thing when he, when the Oilers signed him from the KHL. Like, he split time where he played on the team in St. Petersburg. I mean, that's basically one of the two best teams in Russia. And he split time there. If you split him... 
you're fine. So the question is, can you get an upgrade on Mike Smith? And do you need to draft long term to get that? I don't. I I'm look. I'll be frank with you, Mark. If it's me, even if you you have to consider Askarov at fourteen, but if it's me, I'm not sure. You've already invested a second and a third and a fit. Like you've invested a bunch of picks on goalies as is, and by the time they're ready to play. You know, you, you've often moved your entire staff out as an organization. Like, it's to me, it's a little bit. You see a little. You see the quickest response with wingers because he can often step in and play within a year. Centers might maybe take two years. Defense sometimes take three. Goalies, you could be talking five to seven years, Mark. Well, and the other thing is, we of all the positions, goalies are. They're so rare. You only have five goalies in your organization at any one time, let's say. And playing time becomes an issue, right? you got to find playing time for the guys because there's only one goalie on the ice at one time. It's not like defensemen where you're playing six guys a night. So they're complicated, Bob. There's a there's clearly, I mean, I haven't done the analytics on this, but I would suggest to you that clearly the, the most difficult uh, progression um, – you know, to pick a goalie, to pick, look at a kid when he's 18 and see that same kid in the NHL when he's 25, goalies have got to be one of the lowest uh, success rates, I would say. And there's a lot of guys out there who agree, Bob, that say, look, why am I drafting a goalie? Let everybody else draft the goalies, and I'll get them later. You know, if they're well, good, I'll get them by trade. Carey Price was the one guy everybody knew, that guy's damn good. And Elmer sure. Redding stepped up from Montreal. And I, I, it's got to be stated, Carter Hart, you know, the Oilers had some people pushing for Carter Hart at 32 in 2016, and they took Tyler Benson. But they did have people pushing for Carter Hart, and the Flyers hit the home run, and a lot of people thought Carter Hart was the best goalie in the WHL since Carey Price. Spec, stay right. with us. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live racing Friday and Sunday evening at Century Mile. Spectator access limited due to COVID, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. We'll take a timeout for the Global News Weather Traffic Update. More with Sportsnet Spec when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.